1: this week, my guest is wellness coach Leslie Bosch. Leslie is a wellness coach out of the Air- Tucson, Arizona area. In this episode, we talk about wellness and then we get into her fear of bad advice. I think that's a fantastic episode, especially for me as someone that's a comic. So let's get into that episode right now with Leslie Bosch. All right, my guest is Leslie Bosch, PhD, National Certified Health and Wellness Coach. She's based out of the Arizona area. Are you in closer to Tucson or are you closer to Tempe? Tucson. Okay,
0: closer to Tucson.
1: Yeah. So, have you always lived in Tucson? Has that just been home base?
0: I've been here for about 15 years. I actually started in Colorado, mm-hmm. and then I moved to New York City, and I lived there for about 10 years, and then I moved here to go to school.
1: So what's, what was it like moving from New York City to Tucson, Arizona?
0: <laughs> it was pretty much a big culture shock, but I don't know that it was any worse than moving from Denver to New York City. That was some serious yeah. culture shock.
1: Yeah, because it feels like you just went from not very busy kind of then to extremely fast paced 24 hours always always on and then back to we're not we're not 24 hours here at tucson we're
0: no the food no, is not at all.
1: amazing there though too like it's such such a it's interesting like all the border states because i'm in texas and so there's Mexican food here, but they call it Tex-Mex because it's a lot of influence of Texas barbecue and things like that. So it's more grilled meat than I would say Arizona barbecue, which is more traditional, more traditional Mexican food where it's a lot of slow cook and not as much like grilled meat. How
0: yeah, would, I, would, I would agree. I would agree. I think I would, pre- I think I prefer the traditional Mexican probably to the more barbecue type that you're having there, the Tex-Mex.
1: Mm-hmm. I uh, have, yeah, I have some people that are from Tucson area and they say the same thing. Like they can't, they de- they de- they can't do Tex-Mex. Like it's not to them. That is not Mexican food. That's right. <laughs> so your health and wellness coach, how did you, wh- how did you discover that health and wellness coaching is what you wanted to do?
0: Well, actually, after I finished my Ph.D. in family studies and human development, I was really sort of looking to find a job in student services at the university. And I really looked long and hard for that. But I had a difficult time. I really couldn't land a job. So I really started to wonder what else can I do? with this knowledge base because it's you know human development and family studies it's very practical knowledge and i really wanted to be able to share it with people i really wanted to be able to make a difference in their lives so i started to think well maybe coaching would be a way to go so i started looking around at coaching schools and that's when i found um andrew wiles program and that's when i got into that and that's really where i learned about health and wellness
1: okay so how, how do you define how, like, cause you, you're coming, I come from your studies and stuff. It's very interesting that you definitely deal with helping people kind of, kind of take in what they're doing, scale back their emotions and, and just kind of you know, to, to not be so overcome with, I guess, either, either failure or setbacks or any of all of that stuff. It's such a. It's almost you're. It's such a nice place of health and wellness. Instead of saying, "Hey, let's just talk about the good side," let's talk about how we can kind of mitigate the bad feelings that come absolutely every single day of our lives, and ways we can kind of shield ourselves a little bit and not not take such a such a hard hit.
0: Yes, absolutely. That's so well said. Um... Basically, from an integrative approach to health and wellness, they really look kind of at that holistic thing. So most people, when they think of health health and wellness, they're thinking of diet and nutrition. But an integrative approach looks at the interdependence, basically, of seven core areas. So we definitely have sleep added to, we definitely have nutrition and movement, but we also add sleep. And then the part that you're sort of talking, that you're referencing is resilience, which is really about how do you manage difficult emotions, difficult setbacks, challenges that we face day in and day out. And then also has a spiritual component, which is really about purpose and having a real clear sense of who you are, where you're coming from, where you're going, and a sense of your values and a sense of whether or not you're really sort of living your values. So that can be a really huge part of health and wellness that people don't tend to think of. And then the final part is, of course, relationships. And then the last area is um, environment.
1: Okay. That's um, that's fascinating. Like the resilience part, like I don't think a lot is covered. I feel like resilience is the reason you go to to, to a therapist or a wellness coach is that that's, that's the driving force of, because of all the challenges you're facing and how you're un, you, either you feel unable to or overwhelmed by them, that that's why you seek out therapy, that it, it's such a it's such a neat thing to hear that people coach to that. Like they just say, hey, you know, don't because so many people in life just, to, you know, you come from a generation that said you don't share that. You just suck it up and move on. Oh, yeah. And,
0: yeah, that is so. That is so true what you're saying, because that for me was like really shocking. Like, actually, when I was in the program, there were a lot of things that I learned. I was not taking very good care of myself. I really didn't understand what it meant to try to be healthy right? Mm -hmm. and to try and take good care of myself. And this is exactly one of the things you're saying. Like, I had no idea that stress management was a thing. I had no idea that stress was a thing. I had no idea the negative effects of stress that is mismanaged. And so for me, that was really why I wanted to go out and really help people to deal with this. A lot of times we think in terms of mental health, but we don't really think in terms of emotional health. And this is kind of what resilience is. It's a kind of emotional health, which is akin to mental health, but it's slightly different.
1: Yeah. I also like the spiritual component because a lot of times depression and being overwhelmed is not feeling like you have a purpose. And sometimes you can, you're, you feel like you don't have, you don't know what you're, you don't have a path. And it's amazing for me, what I've just learned from just working things out on my own is like, it's amazing how a menial task will basically put me at ease. Like just doing something that's rhythmic, like cutting vegetables, something that, see you know you have a you have a beginning of an end but there's just a constant you know you have to focus you have to do this okay chop 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 move chop 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 move over and it it just was one of those things where it's i realized that it's a fight or flight mechanism that is my my negative my negative emotions is because deep down we're all pack animals we're still a community environment and if your brain or your i guess your simple i don't know what they call the base of emotions doesn't feel like you're part of a community it will it'll say hey you're in danger and that's that's your that's the negative thoughts that you feel a lot of times when you're when you're alone and you're just sitting and you're depressed or those it's a survival instinct and it was just fascinating to me that that's still so strong ingrained in our in our mind even though we've have so many advancements and with social media and everything and now the ability to 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 voice frustrations and things and to find you know maybe not a physical community but a virtual community of people that feel the same frustrations whether they're you know they're they're yours and yours alone like you but to be able to share those on a public medium where the generation that raised me was very much like, mm, you don't need to tell them those things. You know, you just you talk to me about that or we can, you know, just have a one on one discussion. But it was very privatized. It was very much you didn't want your neighbors to know that we were fighting or if something like that. But now it seems like on social media, you're almost, I guess, glorified in some in some influencers that by, by, by bearing your soul like that.
0: Yeah. He's, you he brought up so many good things. Um, yes, absolutely. Um, I do think vulnerability, we, in the past, I think vulnerability was much more stigmatized now it's much more okay to manifest your vulnerability, um, which is really basically to say the things in your life that aren't working rather than always talking about or focusing on the things in your life or projecting like, you know, the things yeah. in your life that are working. So it is important to have some place to go with where somebody that you trust, you know, can actually hear about what's not working for you and help you puzzle through how to uh, get some traction on that. And that's one of the things that coaching can help people with.
1: How do how do you think social media? Like how do y'all how do y'all feel like this? Should there be more of a balance with that? Do you think? Because I think sometimes people, you know, just you know just scream you know to the masses. You and it's some of that. Some of it is they only to me they only some people only share like you when we grew up only share the positive. I feel some people only share the negative. Like there are some people that just almost feel like they manufacture negativity to try to get I guess a response from social media or their friend groups and I, I just I wonder how I just don't know how that I just don't know where that because I've I again I, maybe it's just my age I just don't I can't grasp that concept
0: well I think you're absolutely right when we think about like you know negativity or drama mm-hmm. drama sells right? Yeah. People that are drawn to more of that. So I do think that, I do think that actually digital, when you're talking about, there's actually a whole new part of coaching that's mm-hmm. coming into being around digital well-being. And a lot of people are actually, you know, digital social media can really make you feel lousy too, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of, um, that comparison piece, if you're comparing yourself to somebody who seems to have it better than you, this really can drive some of those negative feelings uh, as well.
1: Yeah. As a comparison, then there's, you know, you read something of somebody else says and you feel the outrage because some people I'm, I'm lucky that I can somewhat manage my emotions like I, I'm on some sort of spectrum somewhere where I don't I don't think I I I am as Impactful emotionally as other people, but other people I know and care about, they're like they they can't turn it off. Like they're you know thirty minutes after you tell them something, they're still you know like I don't understand why they would do that. You know, it's that that out. You know, they're still they're still angry about it, and it's and they and they try to help that. You know, they try to help that situation. How can I help them? And I just. I don't know. How how do you find the balance in that, too, of just digitally, which.
0: Well, that is another thing like, yeah, with social media as that they are sort of psychologists are finding that we really are not meant to have so much access to so much negativity. It's Mm -hmm. kind of like a compassion fatigue. Like we really don't, we feel kind of, again, powerless in the face of so much of it because there's so little that we can do about Mm -hmm. it actually. So this can also drive a lot of feelings of helplessness. It can drive, people can get stuck in Mm -hmm. um, that sense of helplessness or even as you're saying, in a sense of outrage or sadness because they really they don't have it. Your emotions are meant to energize you to take action. But a lot of times we really can't take action on some of these larger issues in the world. So a lot of times this can bring, again, additional feelings of um, distress. It can be stressful.
1: Mm-hmm. So how you you talk about self-compassion a lot and kind of explain a little bit what self-compassion is.
0: Well, self-compassion really in 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 short is really just being kind to yourself in the same way that you would be kind to somebody else, a friend, especially if they were having a difficult time, if they were um having you know, they had failed or they had especially like noticed something that they don't like about themselves. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but this is a real source of distress for me when I noticed like, Ooh, I don't like that about myself. I wish I wasn't like that. And what am I going to do about that? Mm-hmm. So the point is that, um, that's the essence of it.
1: Yeah. I, I struggle with that a lot. And I would say in my teenage years, I feel like I was very, my teens through up until around my thirties, I feel like I was, I didn't understand what was wrong with me. So I would, I would basically, my response to myself was very, I would say, negative and self-deprecating, and you know, just basically just feeling like I I didn't belong. And so i I totally, I totally, you know, I, I wish I had more of that at that time. But you're just you're surrounded by so much, I guess, other input that you don't you don't value your own. Like I feel it's I think school bullying and stuff for me really, really eliminated my ability for self-compassion because I, just, because I believed eventually I just believe what was being said about me. And so that, I think that is also like when I worry with kids today and I just, I you know, like we were talking about with social media, I got it in my twenties and thirties. So I can't imagine somebody, 10 or 11, you know, or 12 that are, that are getting ready to start creating social media accounts. And that to me is terrifying too, to, to have a child or something that that, is, that still doesn't have, that doesn't have the ability to, I would say, be able to, to stand up on their own and play to their own strengths. Or it's hard. I don't know if that's even taught in schools. Like, do you, how do you, how do you help them with their identities because you're just putting them in a room and letting them climb their own social ladder for 12 years. That's just that world and just letting them kind of figure it out. And then only when you see certain triggers or something like that, do we take action? But I was like, there's gotta be a way to help people with acceptance, you know, in that age too, just to, Tune out the noise of 30, you know, 300 student other students, you know, depending on where you're at, you know.
0: Yeah, and that is the biggest thing, yeah. You mentioned a little bit about belonging. Belonging is huge. And if you feel that you're being excluded in a meaningful way from the, like you mentioned, the herd or from the class or from the the, the clique of students that you really want to belong to, then this is very stressful. It will absolutely create that stress response. And it's very, um, human beings are not meant to be um. Well, shunned or to be excluded. They're meant to be to belong and to be part of the community. So this um, is another part of self-compassion because self-compassion helps you to remember that you're a human being like all human beings. And as all like all human beings, you have strengths and weaknesses. And sort of it's your job, you mentioned acceptance, really to come to understand what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, and to sort of Accept that about yourself, and to a certain extent, you can decide to play to your strengths, or you can decide to shore up your weaknesses. But a lot of this sort of depends on what you want to do with your life and how well your portfolio, as it were, of strengths and weaknesses lines up with what's required for that thing that you want to do in the world.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and it's. I just wish that was something that I would say that you started to teach, like in the fourth or fifth grade, right? As because I feel like middle school is when social dynamics start to take on, and it, you just all those kids crave the acceptance of, I guess, one elite group. And I don't know how that elite group gets a step. To me, I would really, I'm really curious of how how the high school elite become the high school elite. Like, is it just being good at sports? Is there, you know, what is the, you know, what is the criteria that those kids, I guess, were just genetically and Im- embedded with you know to be able to navigate social and maybe you know in my head they had no problems but in their mind they had tons of problems like i keep thinking of empire records whenever i think of you know like people dynamics because you know you have the beauty queen you had all these different classes of people in one record store and it was it was kind of show, shedding light of you think everything's perfect. It's not. There's everybody has their own struggles. But it, again, I think the balance the the balance of scales between online and what you don't tell people and things like that. It feels like it's so skewed. Like it's you instead of instead of using it to maybe communicate with people you care about to say, "Hey, I'm feeling negative." You just blast, you know, 40 40 YouTube clips or, or Instagram reels or whatever you want to use of saying I'm positive. Yeah. And
0: yeah, it's really important to understand about negative emotions. Negative emotions serve basically to signal that something that's important to you is being threatened. So typically when we feel angry, we have like a goal that's being blocked. If we or we feel that there is some injustice and we get angry. If we feel sad, we've usually lost something, or there's the sense that we will lose, or something that's really important, or a person that's really important. So a lot of times fear, of course, is just the threat, the threat that something harm will come to us, whether or not that's um again that we usually it's that we will be cut out of the group and that this will bring about really bad ends for us. And you're so right that, you know, we've only been living in modern societies for a very short time, but we've been living sort of in these small communities where we really were dependent on the community for like eons, if you believe in evolution, right? The point is that part of us is like really, really old and it is not going to change overnight just because we've had, you know, modern civilization for a hundred, hundred years
1: it is it in i you're just you're you're blowing my mind with just all kinds of little like just things i think about like oh my gosh and you know i never thought of it that way I, and i don't have kids and so it, some of this stuff is like you know when i think about like i haven't i don't think about it in the generation behind me because i don't have any i don't have any responsibilities for those but <laughs> but i I'm just in awe of like all the things that they have to navigate. Even when I was a kid, all the things I never tried to navigate and did not navigate very well. And I was an only child. So it, it didn't I didn't have any family to, to bounce it off. Really. I just kind of isolated. And again, that only breeds the perception of maybe they're right. Maybe they know something I don't because I can't seem to change their mind. And you, you try everything, you try to you try dressing better, you try you know, you try to be a, a nuisance in class, you try to get attention, and it just none of it none of it seems to work. And I in twenty seventeen I kind of found some things out about myself that that helped me kind of accept who I was and it, it's made my my last five or six years of life just a really, you know, really nice time to, to be able to have that burden lifted of, is there something wrong with me? What could it be? And to just embrace who I am. And, and comedies help with that, too, because you, it, you make jokes about embracing things that are times in your life that were challenging and sharing that to a bunch of people that, you know, can have a laugh about it. And so that's kind of been therapeutic in its own way. I don't know if you want to add that to your...
0: Absolutely. No, absolutely. That is such a great thing because ultimately when we can sort of understand the method behind our madness, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, I find that a lot of people do feel much better about what's going on and they can stop saying there's something wrong with me and they can just understand and embrace that it's their humanity and that there's nothing wrong with them. And then they can begin to look back on the real challenge is to begin to look back on your story, the curses, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And try to find the blessings that come out of those curses as well. Uh, Curses, you know, seeming in your hardship. Your hardship seems like a curse and that you will forever be cursed. And you can never like have sort of, as it were, right, the kiss of true love, right, that sort of lifts the spell, breaks the spell. And you really are able to embrace, you know, your beauty within or just your unique version of a human being.
1: Yeah. And it's one of those things, too, where you, again, you have to learn self compassion because no one's, you if you can't, if you don't love yourself, how do you expect someone else? They're not going to want to try to convince you differently over and over again. They're going to have a set period of how many times they're going to tell you a certain thing. And after that, you know, they're, they just can't do that on the daily. They have their own things. And that's one of the things that, you know, I learned later on, like I'm I found somebody now that I'm seeing, but it was like that was a revelation to me. It's like they're not you know, why am I putting the burden of them having to convince me to love myself? I should I should do the work to find out, you know, why I don't love myself and fix those problems. Like show up that weakness as you as you point out, like it's a weakness that And then, you know, then bring someone else into the fold because you don't want to bring someone into the fold in that period of time because they they think you're great. They don't want you to, you know, to sit there and just constantly, you know, hear how how negatively you think about yourself.
0: Yeah. 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 They want to love you and they want you. This is a thing called negative identity and people can get trapped in a negative identity mm-hmm. and it can be very challenging to break out of that and get into a positive identity. Um, so this is also something that a coach can help people with. But yes, it is um, because as human beings, we want to confirm our identities. We want to verify them. So usually why it's bad to have, why it's problematic to have a negative identity is then you go out and engage in behavior that confirms that you're right. You have, you're a bad person, right? Whereas other people go out and they do things and sort of that confirms, look, yeah, I'm a good person yeah. right I'm lovable yeah. I'm likable I'm trustworthy I'm um, worthy of love and belonging mm-hmm. and so that's a really good thing that you sort of looked or looked at that and began to turn that negative identity into a positive identity or yeah. at least a balanced identity
1: yeah. well thank you I, I appreciate it. it it's it's something you, you just don't realize it because you again once you once you kind of find the those things you can kind of move away from that you don't you don't again like you said dwell on it or you know let it occupy your mind And so yeah. it's definitely it's definitely something I feel like a lot of like when I watch comics they you know you learn kind of how to do it because you just you're always trying to find things to write about and you start writing about things that you know that maybe you don't feel comfortable sharing but as you share them, you you slowly get more and more comfortable with sharing it and which tells me that you're more and more comfortable with the situation that happened
0: absolutely yes absolutely and that is a great measure a great measure of how much you've healed or how much you've transformed your attitude because it's really about an attitude towards something and attitudes are just basically do i like this or do i hate this you know, mm-hmm. it's a dislike, dislike, right? Yeah. So like, dislike, so we want to be able to just sort of get neutral. I, you know, I can, I can take it a wee bit, yeah. or I really like it, or I really don't like it.
1: So yeah. as a, as a wellness coach, what do you think are uh, the biggest challenges for you? Like which of the, of the seven, I guess, factors that you go by to, to help mental health, health and wellness, which ones do you find are the most overlooked?
0: Oh, definitely. I feel like people, I I feel like people languish inside of resilience. Absolutely. And I think sometimes they languish inside of um, the spirituality piece. Mm -hmm. But stress will manifest in people's life like they can't sleep at night. So this is a big one I get a lot that people are struggling to sleep, they're struggling to feel rested. Another way stress really manifests sort of, it's not overlooked, but where it becomes problematic is when people are sort of stress eating, eating a lot of junk food and putting on weight or drinking, drinking too much um, and gaining weight. So but mostly I think people are just not aware that they can manage their feelings, that they can decide how they're going to feel about situations and helping them to figure out how to do that.
1: Yeah. You also talk about like helping people overcome the overwhelm. Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. And, and self-compassion can really help with overwhelm, but you can also just understand that it's not the events that actually create the overwhelm, but rather, here again, your thoughts about the events. So how you choose to evaluate the situation, whether or not it's positive or negative, this is what drives your feelings. And then your feelings drive your behavior and then your behavior drives your results. So a lot of times people think, no, 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 this is just a bad thing and I should just feel bad. And it's like, well, you could, but you could also feel grateful you could feel interested you could feel uh, inspired you could feel challenged you could feel um eager right enthusiastic about the opportunity to be alive and to and to grapple with the challenge so you could feel grateful there's a lot of things that you could feel as well as just angry or sad or frightened
1: interesting and and it's it's hard to do in the moment like i i feel like that in the moment It is so there's so much over, I guess, overstimulation is, I guess, a good word for it, that you're just there's so many things that are they're hitting so many different triggers that it's hard to maybe pull back. And what else could this feeling be? What else could this be besides just a lot of anger?
0: When I think it's so good too, like I forgot to mention, this is your bread and butter, but you could find it amusing. You could find some aspect of this. And I've heard comics say that, right? Mm-hmm. Where the mom was carrying on about how terrible something was and the girl was just thinking, how is this funny? How is this funny? How is this funny? Mm-hmm. And eventually her brain did return an answer to how this is funny, right? So a lot of times the trick really is to, well, first of all, when you're really struck by something, the best thing to mm-hmm. do is like you said, Take a, a, a step back and breathe deeply in an effort to try and just calm down. Mm-hmm. Because when we're really stressed out, our mind is just not helping us. It's really sort of wanting us to to attack, right? To fight, flight or freeze. Yes. Right. So it's really important to try and get that shift, like you mentioned, from the sympathetic to the parasympathetic so that we can just get back into our best thinking. And um, so the first thing to do is just to take some deep breaths and try and calm down. And then you can begin to start to ask yourself some other questions that could begin to bring up some different emotions.
1: Definitely. Speaking of emotions, my podcast is about the emotion of fear, which you, I, we had you had a a variety of fears, which I can I can imagine. One that really kind of stuck out that I've I struggle with too is bad advice, which I thought is it's got to be you know something. And I mean, I feel like sometimes you know, no advice to me is bad advice unless it comes from a place of negativity. Like if you're you know the that this isn't the right thing to say but you're saying it because you f- want to get i guess either justification on your own emotional standpoint to me that's the only bad advice is that if you're you're consciously steering somebody negatively
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, if you're intentionally doing it, then that's really frightening. But at the same time, you know, a lot of people gave me a lot of bad advice in my life. And it's kind of like even what you were saying, right? The bullies were actually giving you advice. It was bad Mm -hmm. advice. And you sort of bought into it for a long time before you started to say, no, I'm not following that advice anymore. So the point is, it's, I think, and I do think sometimes people really do have answers to some questions or could give some, some kind words of encouragement, but they also withhold that so i think that's also uh, a couple of ways it can go so for me certainly as a coach i'm really dedicated to giving sound good advice to my clients and to anyone who who asks me for some advice or mm-hmm. who is near me and struggling with something. And thankfully, like I said, through all my training and my PhD program and all my training in the health and wellness uh, space, I really do feel that most of the time I'm giving good advice because it really is grounded in science. We really do know based on studies, best practice right? So usually I am pointing people toward best practice. So I feel a lot better about that the odds of me giving bad advice has gone down dramatically, but I'm still always, and also, you know, always on the lookout for bad advice. Like I don't want to take on bad advice either.
1: mm mm-hmm. Do you have any examples of someone trying to, I guess, pass you bad advice or like, you don't have to name names, but.
0: Well, I think that, I think that a lot of it Yeah, I knew I probably should have had a few queued up, but I think mostly it's just a lot of people, again, are telling you what works for them. So you really, again, they're living their lives according to their beliefs about what's best right? And a lot of times when, especially when you're younger, most of the time I received advice then, I was given advice that that worked for them, but they weren't really thinking about, well, I don't know, Leslie, tell me more about your situation. What are you trying to do? And what do you, what resources do you have? And what have you tried? And, you know, really been interested in me and the specificity of my situation, rather than just telling me what they would do from their worldview. I think this is biggest, um, distinction, if you will.
1: Yeah. I, I, I struggle with that sometimes too. And again, somewhere on the spectrum I am, it's just sometimes you, a lot of times in my interpersonal relationships and stuff, I have to, I have to remind myself to not try to solve the issue at hand because some of the times it's just, they just want to unload and just to, just to be like, oh my gosh, that's terrible. I can't believe that. And not to immediately try to remedy or fix the ship sometimes people already know what they want to fix they just want to complain about fix having to fix the ship
0: <laughs> yes very well said they just basically they want I think like the, the special word that I like to use is they want to be witnessed. They want mm-hmm. to be witnessed. They want you to witness that they are in it and that all the things that they have to do in order to sort of fix it. Right. Yeah. So a lot of times people just want to be understood. They want to be witnessed and they, you know, yeah, they want to be validated that this is a big deal.
1: Yeah. And. It's it's something I struggle with, and again, it, it it can it can again lead to you down the negative road because then you feel terrible for trying to help, and it just it just becomes a it it becomes a sore point, and it it bugs me because I never want to be that person to people I care about. I don't want to be somebody that like they don't want me to tell me anything because they feel it is something that you know they can't share with me because i'll either blab or i will i won't i won't listen i will just start trying to offer solutions stuff and i struggle with bad advice because sometimes people i think get bad advice that works and then they hear my advice that's contrary to that and they they will they would rather take the the bad advice that maybe shows some results quicker than as a comic because I mean, there are people th- you know, there are people that would just, you'll just believe that there's shortcuts, that there's a, that there are things in my 15 years that I just know are just trips and tricks that, that have gotten me to my level. And there really isn't. It's just, it's just repetition. It's just like, it's just like weightlifting. It's how did you get so strong? There's no, you know, they'll have workout tips where some people say, you know, I lift But the key thing is they would lift, you know, they were constantly working out and, you know, trying to get lift extra weight. They just never rested on on just, you know, once a week or twice a week. They they were in the gym every other day, if not every day. And it's just hard to explain to people because there's everything else seems to have so many different shortcuts or paths or things that you can do. You can do inter- weight loss. You got intermittent fasting. You've got eating eating right, portion control. So all these different things that take that can shortcut weight loss. But the key thing is, is that you're paying. You know, everybody is paying attention to their diet every single day, and that's that's the hard thing to explain to people. Is they just see the fad or the South Beach or the, But I'm like, but no. But it's also being conscious of of what you're eating instead of being unconsciously eating everything that's put in front of you. There are things that happen. And so I struggle with, you know, like always trying, you know, did I overstep? Cause to me, bad advice also is overstepping. And I don't know if you've ever felt like you've had to, you've overstepped some, something with your client or a loved one where you've kind of offered advice that maybe they weren't ready to hear. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's why you definitely want to lead with empathy. Always lead with empathy because empathy is basically just demonstrating that you understand where they're coming from and maybe asking some um, questions that can help them get a little clearer about what they want to do next. But primarily, yeah, you want to try and keep yourself out of it. I mean, when they come to a coach, they are looking for answers. And as a coach, you need to give it. But as a friend, As a sister, as a brother, as a mother, as a wife, uh, as a friend, usually you have to stay out of it until they're asking you for it, asking Mm -hmm. you for it.
1: Yeah. And it's, again, something I struggle with because as a person I care about, I want to try to I want to help lighten the burden and do all those things. But, you know, sometimes you can you can help too much and or try too much and it, it just it it just becomes an annoyance or you know something that they just don't really appreciate.
0: Yeah. And you can definitely ask the question how can I help? How can I help? This is a great question to ask. You know, once you say, "Oh, you're upset. That makes sense. How can I help?" you know, and then they can tell you sort of what they want. "Nothing. I just want you to listen to me." Okay. So you just give your time and listen. So that's another great way to help. Get a sense of what they need from you, what you can provide. That
1: they're looking for has and so what's i feel like what's your what is your greatest i guess coaching victory so far like what do, what do you feel like has been like you you know when you look back at coaching what are the things that you look back on and just kind of you know just kind of give you that purposeful i guess you know just kind of like you know it's a, a little feather in the cap if you will of of coaching
0: Well, for me, I just love seeing my clients like blossom. You know, Mm -hmm. usually when they come, they're feeling stuck and we sort of keep um, poking around until we figure out what it is that's actually holding them back. And then once we address that thing that's holding them back, they really start getting traction and moving forward. I've had so many clients, especially, um, you know, I had a young woman who was a young therapist and she was just really wanting to do a great job for her clients and she, but she just kept feeling sort of, held back, pressured, uh, self-doubt, a lot of self-doubt. And we just worked together. And eventually she really got free of those, again, a lot like what you're saying, um, voices in her head that were telling her certain things that she couldn't do or things that she shouldn't do. And eventually we just sort of neutralized those voices. And then she went And talked to her leadership team and they started a new uh, program in her nonprofit. And now she's spearheading that and she's having, they've got like a wait list and she's having a wonderful time uh, really living her dream for her clients in a really full and purposeful way. So that happens quite a bit with my clients where they feel that they are free to really pursue their dreams. And for me, this is like so much fun mm-hmm. to be a part of that process.
1: That's awesome. And as a, as a wife and mom, it, it, it's kind of, it, it almost, almost probably feels like a mom too, when your kid, like, you know, does something that's, you know, above and beyond or graduation, or when they hit those milestones of, of achievement, like you just kind of, you just kind of beam and, you know, even though they may not, they may thank you, they may not, you know, you, you, you know, you played a part in it and it, it you don't need that sometimes you don't need that gratitude. It's always nice to receive it, but you just kind of see the direction they're heading and stuff. So I I totally see that too with like young comics and stuff where they're starting to find opportunities and stuff and you get that validation piece, which is, I think, the most crucial part of stand-up is just being validated for the, for the work you're putting in and the effort and it just seems like that, more than monetary or anything else drives people and it's 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 really nice to see because i'm like you know everybody is good at something and i've always tried to believe at that and try to try to find what you're good at is 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 something that can be a challenge and you know you should put you know try everything as you can i wish society didn't make everything so expensive but i feel like if there was a way like i was talking to a another person i think a couple of weeks ago or so we were talking about sports and and i was like you know i wish that they had or you know for and, and the identity thing of being because we were talking about his fear fears of not being liked and i was like you know i wish they had a thing in school where you could experience all these different things like band sports all it and not and not incur all the fees of having to go out for sports like you didn't have to buy all the equipment like everything was just there so that you could you could try it like a like an almost like an adult PE or young adult PE where you would do the you would do different roles every day, because I think the fact that psychology is not taught very much until you get to college does a disservice to kids because I think they'd be fascinated by knowing and having that knowledge to know why they're you know so that if they are feeling like you overwhelmed or something like that they. They don't have to just sit in the room maybe or, you know, not feel like they can share that with anybody.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So, Leslie, I appreciate you doing this. Uh, where can people find you on social media if they're wanting any kind of coaching or tips or any special?
0: Yeah, they can find me on my website at com, And you spell my name like the appliances is ch again that's bosch integrativewellness.com and on my website they can um, get there's lots of free resources they can even get a download about how to cope with overwhelm in three simple steps
1: that's awesome and so do you, do you does your family help you like give you a lot of reasons to help with overwhelm like you had to pull that three <laughs> three step process out
0: well, and me too. I have to use it all the time on myself because as a business owner, it's so easy to get overwhelmed. You have to do, as you well know, when you're when you're charged with your whole career, it's like you, you, and you. Everything is on you and you have to get it done. So um, a lot of times it can feel very overwhelming when you're a small business owner to really do all the things that you need to do. So I'm using the process all the time myself as well. And yeah, I, I do coach my husband when he needs it, but he's pretty good at managing his own overwhelm. Alone,
1: so well, that's amazing. That's I'm glad that you you guys have such a great life balance, and you still have fun and have and share experiences and things like that, and that y'all can kind of be the the rock, and maybe the the rock that leans that pushes you, you know, out of your comfort zone. Because sometimes that's a that's another thing with overwhelm too is that you have to. It's the overwhelm of trying to push yourself um comedy wise for me, it seems like to push yourself further than what you're doing now, what you're doing now maybe works kind of, but what if it worked better if you pushed yourself a little bit further and it's so hard to get out of that safe, that safety net.
0: Absolutely. That's a big, you're so right on when it comes to getting out of your comfort zone. And that's sort of exactly what my uh, stress reset program helps people do. It helps them upgrade their response to stress. And then they get new permanent strategies for coping with stress that can serve them then for the rest of their life.
1: That's amazing. Again, I thank you so much, Leslie, for doing this. Hope you have a great rest of the weekend.
0: Yes. Thank you, Ryan. It was a privilege to meet you and a great time to sit with you. And I really appreciate the opportunity and I hope you have a great weekend too.
1: So that was Leslie. What a fun conversation. I love talking about mental health and stress and kind of just kind of getting away and just trying to find accountability. I loved self-compassion and things like that. And getting stuck in certain mental states and not realizing how many steps are there in like mental, you know, mental health and resiliency and things of that nature. It's, It's always such a fun conversation. Check out Leslie on social media. We'll have her links in the show notes as well as Bosch integrated wellness. We'll have all those links in the show notes. I just spent a weekend in the Plano house of comedy. It's a new club with, comedian Mo Mandel and Alec Parent it was a fun time I hosted I hadn't done that in a while and it was fun to know I still got it as far as an MC skills had a great time had some delicious food Um, food there is is amazing so check out Plano House of Comedy if you're in the North Plano North Texas side of things they got a great comedy club up there and it should be a fun time um, next week, I'll be doing a private show, and then after that, I will be at Hyenas in Fort Worth, April 28th. So come check me out some point in time, and it should be a great, great weekend ahead. So thanks again, for everyone, for listening. I hope you're having a happy Easter. This is you know, it's Easter Sunday, so it's a very, very holiday, and I'll get the podcast up and go in here by Monday morning. Thanks again. Happy holidays to everyone, and have a great week. Thanks for listening to Sunball Fears Podcast. And now some thank yous for the folks that make this show possible. Thanks to Barry Whitewater for my art and graphics. You can follow him on Instagram at bwhiteh20. Get it? H20 like water. You can also follow him on Facebook, music. A huge thank you to Gunnar Olsen for the wonderful music provided for this podcast. You can follow him on Instagram at gunbuns, that's G-U-N-B-U-N-S, as well as his website, gunnarolsen.net. Check out some of the samples that he has recorded. They're amazing. He's an amazing percussionist. If you want to follow the show, we've got a Facebook group, Some of All Fears. Instagram, Twitter, you can find us at Some Fear Fans. If you have some feedback for the show, email me at somefearfans, S-O-M-E-F-E-A-R-F-A-N-S at gmail.com. I'll be happy to, to take those into consideration. Also, if you'd like to be a guest, email me at somefearfans at gmail.com. We can try to iron out some details and get that settled in. You know, Give us some feedback if on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a review. It makes the show bigger, and it's not going anywhere. I'm going to record as many shows as I possibly can. If you want to follow me on social media, I am at Ryan Perio. It's R-Y-A-N-P-E-R-R-I-O on all social media platforms. You can follow me there, and you can check me out at RyanPerio.com, my website. I'll try to list upcoming shows there as well. It's been kind of spotty because as soon as I set it up, that's when the pandemic happened. And everything's kind of just in a in a holding pattern. Thanks again for listening to the Sum of All Fears podcast. Next week, we'll have another guest with another fear. Thanks for listening.